It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Washington football team, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're Locked On Washington Football with your host of the Locked On Washington Football Team podcast. Dave Harris, name Chris Russell. After you're done listening to this episode, please go check out Locked On's Peacock and Williamson. Every Monday and Friday, Brian and Matt give you the national perspective all around the NFL, covering all the latest news and insight on every team and move around the NFL. Subscribe to the Peacock and Williamson podcast wherever you get podcasts. Welcome returning and new listeners. If you haven't already, please subscribe, leave a rating, leave a review for the show. When we're not here, you can find Chris over the Team 980, 3 to 7 p.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday. Also find that on the Odyssey app. And find Chris covering the Washington football team and writing for SI.com. Find Chris on Twitter at WrestleMania621. Find me on Twitter at DHarrison82. Also find this show at Pod. Chris, uh, we've got a really good interview lined up for segment two and three of today's episode that I think our listeners are really going to want to hear some more insight into Jamin Davis and some other things. Uh, but first, we've got to, to talk about some sad news uh, that did come out Tuesday, and that, of course, is the passing of former Washington and Hawaii University of Hawaii quarterback Colt Brennan, who passed away at 37. You know, I can just – I can say this, David. I mean, I covered Colt uh, in his second NFL training camp uh, and I guess, you know, kind of that offseason into what would have been his third year before he was eventually – Uh, released by Mike and Kyle Shanahan to make room for John Beck, who we uh, had on the show just a couple of weeks ago. Uh, And I didn't know Colt well, so I don't want to pretend that, you know, we got to know each other well, but, you know, you, you talk to a guy several times, you know, and, and, and especially a quarterback and especially one that fans were fascinated by and, Um, you know, I always remember like, oh, you know, could this guy replicate what he, the, the magic that he created at Hawaii, uh, that led to him being, you know, a, 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 a finalist for the Heisman trophy. Uh, and then what he immediately comes in and, and does, uh, in, in, in his rookie year. Now this was my, I was not with him in his rookie year covering the team in 2008. So he led, the NFL in the preseason in touchdown passes, David passing yards and quarterback rating. I mean, the buzz around here in Washington was just like, Oh my gosh, they, they, they landed a stud, a guy that was going to change the fortunes of the franchise. Everybody around here that I can remember uh, was so juiced up that this guy was, it was like the cult of cult. That's what they basically called it. Uh, And it didn't last long, obviously, A, because of injury, B, because it probably was a false premise. Uh, But, you know, nobody wants to see what what Colt apparently was going through uh, in his life after uh, leaving football and um, and, and now, obviously, the sad outcome. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I never covered Colt Brennan in any way, shape, or form. I didn't cover the University of Hawaii. I didn't cover Washington at that time, obviously. I just remember him from playing college football and, and how electric he was and how fun he was to watch for, you know, a year or two 
kind of made me a little bit of a pseudo, you know, Hawaii fan. Uh, just remembering kind of the way that he played the game and the fun that, you know, we had and that other people had watching him play the game. Just just a guy that you enjoyed watching play football and then having hopes for him moving into the National Football League um, that obviously, you know, didn't go as, as planned. He's just a year younger than me. You know, he's 37 years old when he passes away. I'm 38 years old right now. You know, thoughts, thoughts obviously out to his friends and family, those close to him. And then, you know, obviously a lot of people remembering – uh, on on Tuesday, the electricity that that surrounded him and, and the way that he played the game as well. Yeah, no doubt about it. I, I, um, you know, and again, we should point out details uh, of of how he passed away are not known as of this recording. Uh, apparently, one of the major news stories said that he was at a rehab clinic uh, in California. So, you know, however it happened and whatever happened, uh, you know, Colt obviously, you know, had some struggles in his life. You can only hope that he's at peace now. Everybody that's listening to this should always remember, you know, you can have success in your life and it can be really fleeting. It can be really quick. Uh, it's, you know, it's kind of like what you do after that, uh, that, that matters the most. I remember him being a nice young man and, and that's how I'll choose to remember him and uh, rest in peace to Colt Brennan. All right. That is, um, uh, the way we open up the show, it's not fun to open up talking about a 37-year-old uh, man passing away, but unfortunately, uh, that is the deal. David, coming up, we have a really cool interview as we get more on Jamin Davis, and as well, we bounce around the rest of the NFC East with a lot of SEC flavor sprinkled into it. Yeah, and we're going to do that thanks to our friends over at Nugenics, the number one selling free testosterone booster at GNC is offering a complimentary bottle to all football fans in America. To get your complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total Tea, just text DRAFT to 231-231. This unique man-boosting formula is powered by Testafen, which helps boost free testosterone and total testosterone levels and increases energy and lean muscle mass. Plus, text now, and they'll include a bottle of Nugenics Thermo, their most powerful fat incinerator ever, with key ingredients to help you get back in shape absolutely free. Again, text draft to 231231. That's draft to 231231. Message and data rates may apply. Chris Gordy, host of the Locked on SEC podcast, coming up after this break. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked on NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, guys, as promised, we are now joined here at the Locked On Washington Football Team podcast by Chris Gordy on Twitter at Chris Gordy, G-O-R-D-Y, co-host of In the Trenches at Sports Talk 790 in Houston and the host of the Locked On SEC podcast right here on the Locked On Network. Chris, thanks for joining us. How you been? And, and how was your draft experience covering an entire conference that just happens to be really the most dominant football conference today? Well, I mean, we just set records every year for the most players <laughs> drafted. So, I mean, it's no big deal. It's it's just a humble brag. And, you know, pretty soon I, I heard they're actually, Roger Goodell is going to hold some meetings later this year. They're thinking of just calling it the SEC draft because that's basically what it is. <laughs> nice. 
you know, so I guess we'll, you know, obviously start off with, with the obvious with, with Jamin Davis, we had had coach Stoops on and, and, you know, of course, as you would expect, he talked about how he just matured and how he worked his butt off and how, you know, um, and how he just not exploded onto the scene, but they had always seen the potential, but he never really got the opportunity. Is that your general takeaway of how, you know, a guy like Jamin rose? Yeah, it's, it's an interesting question because, you know, I've, I've, I keep up with Kentucky a lot. My wife is a Kentucky alum. So we, watch all their games and um you know I, I follow them a little bit closer than than some of the other sec schools on a, on a weekly basis and you know they've had some great defensive players come through there in recent years josh allen you know cash daniel was a guy who caught a lot of headlines he was one of their just you know a little undersized but a linebacker that would make all the tackles and you know he was really a fan favorite in recent years and so you know, coming into this year, Jamin Davis was not a guy we talked about at all. I mean, you know, even uh, there was no SEC media days last summer with the pandemic and all, but like, I don't think he was a guy that was going to be on their short list of invitees to go to, to SEC media days. So Jamin Davis was a very under the radar guy, but what you saw as this season went along and keep in mind, they played a full 10 game SEC schedule. So it's not like you had, you know, the Western Montana's and schools like that, that you could pad some stats in. But what you saw week in and week out was James, Jamin Davis is a playmaker. And the word I use with him is versatile. I mean, this guy is the most, one of the most versatile linebackers just in terms of, you know, you watch film. He's running up to the line. He can jump into the backfield. He's stuffing the run, dropping into coverage, getting his hands on footballs. And it felt like so many times, man, he was just Johnny on the spot. Like, right place at the right time, catching balls off of deflections, uh, intercepting passes, not a big sack guy, obviously. Only had two and a half uh, sacks in his three seasons, but a tackling machine. I mean, at, at times, it's funny. Like, a guy you guys watched this past year in Washington and John Bostick, like, I think that's almost like a good comp for him just in terms of style of play, leading the team in tackles, that sort of thing. So I, I would assume he's going to slide into one of those outside linebacker spots next to Bostick, Bostick and, I guess, Holcomb there. But, um, yeah, it's just a guy that – at the start of the year, we were not talking very much about, but by the end of the year, you realize what a leader he was on that defense. And I mean, he was everywhere. Yeah. And Chris, you kind of touched on it. I think that's really one of the questions coming into, you know, the rookie camps and then training camp, obviously bigger, even bigger is going to be where are they going to slot Jamin Davis? And now, so even if he starts off as a weak side linebacker, there's, there's people out there who think that maybe you start him off as a weak side, but then as he gets more mature, as he gets smarter about the NFL game itself, eventually you slide him into Mike. Do you see that kind of happening? Or do you think maybe he's better served as, kind of one of the better, you know, four or three weak side linebackers in the NFL. Yeah, it's that's a great question. I mean, I, I think because of his versatility, he he translates better as that weak side guy. But what we've seen so often in, in the NFL nowadays is when you're that tackling machine, you are that middle linebacker. You're that that captain of the defense and, you know, coming up to stop the run or playing just the middle of the field and, and calling out coverages and all that. We'll see if if that's something Jamin Davis can work into. But I like him just because, like I said, with his versatility, being able to cover tight ends down the field, things like that, I would use him as that that weak side guy that that I could, uh, you know, drop into coverage when need be and, and that sort of thing. But, you know, is he is he going to come in and replace? I, I know you guys lose uh, Sean Dion Hamilton and, and Kevin Pierre-Lewis, so I, I don't know if he's going to step in to the role that those guys played last year immediately, but... I mean, look, you take a guy 19th overall, you assume he's a starter from day one. But, yeah, that, that's a great question. Like I said, I, I think he slides in as a weak side, but maybe you do groom him behind Bostic because, you know, how many more elite-level years does he have? 
Yeah, well, and and the and that's the 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 part of the question is Bostic has one more year left under his contract, and he's been a little uneven here uh, in Washington. If we're being honest, Chris, I mean, there's been times where he's been very good, and then there's been times where you know I think he's been exposed a little bit. And obviously, you know, you ask him to play a thousand plus snaps, including the playoffs. There's more chance uh, that he's going to get exposed, and that was what I, I guess was intriguing to your point about a guy like Jamin Davis versus say, uh, and I know, you you know, obviously you don't cover Notre Dame as much as you do the SEC, but say a Jeremiah Wusu koromoa and which made him, meaning Davis, more of a fit for Washington is if your plan was to have a guy groomed into a middle linebacker, a Mike linebacker, and to be a normal size and to be able to take on the trash and the pulling guards and and all of that stuff, you were going to need somebody at 235, 240 with an athletic frame that could cover sideline to sideline with the range that Jamin Davis brings. And I know Usu Koromoa is fast, and I know he can cover a lot of speed, but he doesn't have the size and the frame that Jamin Davis has. How much do you think that factored into Jamin's explosion besides the pro day stuff and obviously, again, how he played this past year? Yeah, I think he definitely grew more this year. And, and like I said, became more of that, that leader as the year went along. And you know, the thing that I, that would get me excited if I'm a Washington fan is just the track record in recent years of Kentucky linebackers getting drafted. I mean, you go back, if you want to, if you want to consider Josh Allen, I know that he's slated as a linebacker. He's more the outside edge rusher guy, but you know, he went seventh overall to Jacksonville where he's shown some signs. We're still expecting him to have that big breakout uh, year that, that legitimizes him as a top 10 pick. But you look prior to that, man. I mean, you have Bud Dupree who climbed up people's draft, draft boards that year went 22 in the first you know overall to pittsburgh avery williamson was a, a middle round guy he's turned into a really good uh, linebacker for years danny trevathan another one. i mean it's a good track record of linebackers that have come out of kentucky so uh, i'd say this like if Jalen davis isn't good he'd be the first miss in a while on highly touted linebacker out of kentucky um again it, it, some of it scares you a little bit just with you know the one-year wonder thing a guy okay you know why were we not talking about this guy you know being this highly touted a year ago and even as far back as december like you guys said i mean he was slated as maybe a second rounder and suddenly starts climbing 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 but there's a reason for that there's something people start to see in him you start to talk you know, to teams about him and coaches and scouts, and you start to see there is something there. So, like I said, if he's not a success, it, it would be it, it would break a trend of highly touted linebackers coming out of Kentucky. Yeah, and I mean, expanding on that a little bit, I mean, Kentucky. You know, shortly before our interview with Mark Stoops, the the head coach there of the Kentucky football program, for our audience that may not know that, uh, I, I read up on it and I found out that Kentucky is the only school in college football to have a linebacker taken in the first round in three of the last five NFL drafts. So that's that's certainly uh, something that's significant. And you mentioned that you you pay a little bit closer attention to Kentucky than some of the other SEC schools, which is great. We asked uh, Coach Stoops about his program and what is it that they're really doing differently you know, there at Kentucky since he's gotten there. I mean, uh, you know, inheriting a two-win team and then, you know, first they get bowl eligible, then they get some bowl wins, then they get the best season and, you know, how many, like 70 years they beat Florida for the first time in decades, uh, so on and so forth. And now you have all these draft prospects coming out that started off as two and a half, three-star recruits, a lot of them out of high school. So obviously there's something happening there in Kentucky, normally known as a basketball school, but they're doing something pretty good 
with their football program from your foxhole what are you seeing that's happening in kentucky that's different than you know years and even generations past that is creating this change there for the wildcats yeah, I think they just they've done a great job of creating a, a tremendous culture there. I mean, you, you guys talked with Coach Stoops and uh, I, I love him because in interviews he just seems like at times almost disinterested because he's a football guy. Like this guy is in his element when he's out there on the field firing guys up. He's turned that defense around and it, and it's a culture. It starts with Stoops. It goes down to Vince Marrow, who's his, you know, associate head coach and head of recruiting and Vince's been on the recruiting trail and, and Kentucky's actually starting to recruit at a high level. Now they've, they, they're picking up, you know, three and four and five star recruits that they weren't getting even just five years ago. So uh, I'm excited to see what they do this year. They brought in Liam Cohen, who was a former quarterbacks coach with the, with the Los Angeles Rams. And he's going to be their offensive coordinator now. And if you've watched Kentucky in recent years, the defense has been elite. The, the, the offense has been, mediocre to subpar. I mean, you remember a couple of years ago, they had Lynn Bowden who ended up, you know, getting drafted as a wide receiver and he was started as a wide receiver. They moved to quarterback because they had no other options at Kentucky and they were still willing winning games with a wide receiver playing quarterback. So um, that just tells you what level they've brought in on that defense really changed the culture there. And, and it starts with coach Stoops, but you know, Brad white takes over now as a defensive coordinator. He was the outside linebackers coach. I think he's going to keep this thing going and you're going to continue to see some elite level players coming off the defenses in Kentucky. But yeah, again, I, I just can't go say enough about Jamin Davis. What a, what a rise he made this year as a player. And man, you talk about plugging him in in front of that front four that you guys have there uh, with Washington. I just, I, I was debating with some friends last week about who the best defense is in 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 football, and I keep going back to at least we know in the NFC East it, it's Washington. But I'd make a case for Washington being one of the best defenses, if not the best defense this year, if all these guys continue to take that step forward. All right, guys, we have more coming with Chris Gordy here on the Lots on Washington football team podcast. Again, find Chris on Twitter at Chris Gordy, G-O-R-D-Y, co-host of In the Trenches at Sports Talk 790 and the host of the Locked on SEC podcast. This episode brought to you in part by our friends over at betonline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all of that at betonline.ag. Get all your latest news, odds, and information for your sporting needs, including Major League Baseball, the NBA, NHL, and UFC MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device. Check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to betonline.ag right now and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code Locked On. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, David, what's your favorite Built Bar flavor? My favorite is strawberry, strawberry. which is a limited time release right. when they do have it. Yeah. Exactly. And I know you love mint brownie as well, right? I do. That's yes, kind of like what you refer to as one of your OG flavors. That's the OG. Right, yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Well, Built Bar has plenty of OG flavors. My favorite, peanut butter brownie. I've also tried the salted caramel. When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they are passionate about their favorite flavors. If you don't know the Built Bar flavors, well, you're missing out on a chance to fall in love with one for yourself. There's something for everyone. And the great thing about a Built Bar is they're all covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew, and they're healthy for you too. Order today 
get the raspberry, get the mint brownie, as David says, the OG, get the peanut butter brownie, whatever you like. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. Use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, we wrap up the Locked On Washington football team podcast with part two of our conversation with Chris Gordy, who covers the SEC for the Locked On SEC podcast right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Lots of good stuff as we bounce all around the NFC East. Uh, Kadarius Tony. I mean, obviously the Giants trade out and down, and that's part of the Bears move up for Justin Fields, and you know everybody feels a different way uh, about that. I love what the Giants did in that particular uh, situation. They they felt they didn't need a quarterback yet, although this is a huge year, as we know, for Daniel Jones. Uh, but you know, part of that is going to get Daniel Jones a weapon like Kenny Galladay, who they got in free agency, and then oh, by the way, Kadarius Tony, who you can get the ball to in a number of different ways. And if he's healthy, right, he should be that explosive jitterbug option that you know teams just can't get their hands around because you can use him in so many different ways. Is that a fair and accurate? I guess, depiction of how you expect him to be used in the NFL? Yeah, I think they're just delaying the inevitable there. I mean, they should have stayed put. They should have taken Justin Fields. Daniel Jones is not the future there. I think we're 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 not going to be surprised a year or two from now where we're saying, all right, Giants are back in the quarterback market. But that said, I love Kadarius Toney. I know the, the, the Packers loved him. They were hoping he was going to fall to them. There were several teams uh, really interested in him. I know the Saints were, were even a team thinking about, okay, if Tony falls to us, we're going to grab him. But, uh, yeah, it was a smart move, at least from a standpoint of you're not going to take a you know your future quarterback, trade back, get some extra draft picks, and get another weapon. And I love the, the option of Tony uh, going in there, like you said. I mean, Darius Slayton is a guy who shows he, you know, he developed that, that chemistry with Daniel Jones. Uh, Kenny Galladay, like you said, is a nice addition. We'll see what John Ross has left in the tank, if anything. But you know, Sterling Shepard's been a nice complimentary guy. But Kadarius Tony, I think, is going to be able to implement what Jason Garrett loves to do. Remember those years in Dallas where, you know, it was kind of get the ball out of your hands and get it to Cole Beasley in the slot and let him go. Well, picture Cole, Cole Beasley, same size, but just 10 times faster. That's what Kadarius Tony is. I could see them using him on jet sweeps. It'll be very interesting to see how, how Jason Garrett implements him into the offense. Cause that's a great weapon for, for the giants to add. Most people, of course, Chris are thinking the Dallas Cowboys are going to come back. They're bringing back Dak. Uh, supposedly he's going to be healthy again, and they're going to take over the division as the rightful rulers of the NFC, as NFC East. They also added some SEC talent, Kelvin Joseph uh, out of Kentucky, Jabril Cox out of LSU, and then Quinton Bohanna, or Bohanna, I'm not really sure how to say his name, to be honest with you, out of Kentucky as well. What do you think about what they've done in the draft as a, to- as a whole, really, and then obviously with the SEC focus as well? Yeah, I actually really like uh, Kelvin Joseph. I, I thought he was going to be a first-round guy from what we were hearing. He had a first-round grade. I uh, had him on my podcast a couple of weeks ago and he was another one that was kind of climbing up draft boards as you know, from when the season ended. But uh, I thought that was a little bit of a steal for the Cowboys to get him in the middle of the second round. So uh, I think Kelvin Joseph is a guy who can absolutely start. Now, look, they wanted one of the other SEC guys who ended up going what top 10 when we talk about Patrick Sertain and, uh, and JC Horn from South Carolina, both those guys were elite level. That's who the Cowboys were thinking they could get. But after they saw, both those guys were going to be gone at 10. They ended up trading back. But 
I think Kelvin Joseph can be fine. I think he's going to need another solid corner opposite him. And I don't think the Cowboys have that. They did get uh, J.C. Horn's teammate in later rounds in, in Izzy Muguamu, who was the number two corner with South Carolina. I think he's another guy who's, you know, like he's going to take time to develop and, and see what you have in him. But I actually like the linebackers that the Cowboys added. You know, they, they end up getting uh, the kid from uh, Penn State falls to them uh, at 11, Micah Parsons. I thought he was, you know, top 10 value. And then they ended up taking a kid from LSU, Jabril Cox, in, in the later rounds, who is more of that cover linebacker that, you know, Jamin Davis has at times that you can drop into coverage. So I'll be curious to see how Jabril Cox develops. He ended up having an injury at his pro day, and I know that kind of dropped him down a little bit. But I like what the Cowboys did. Granted, I like what the Cowboys did last year in the draft when C.D. Lamb fell into their laps, and it didn't really mean a hill of beans because of the season that they had last year. But uh, I don't know. I like I like what the Cowboys are doing through the draft. Of course, all those guys have to develop, and it has to translate on the field. The Philadelphia Eagles obviously make the trade up with Dallas. Uh, and grab Devontae Smith. We all know how good he is, Heisman. Uh, you know, is, is he going to hold up size-wise? I mean, nobody really knows that. I'm, I'm most curious in your, you know, kind of thoughts on Landon Dickerson because, I mean, Kelsey's been a real good pro bowl center for a while. I, I'm sure he's getting a little bit long in the tooth. Dickerson, I know, is real talented, and obviously you come from a football factory like Alabama, but he's always hurt. Uh, to me, that was a little bit too rich uh, how do you see that? And then also, uh, how do you see um, uh, uh, Jacoby Stevens, the safety uh, that they picked? Because, you know, you're talking about Dallas obviously being thin in the secondary. Philadelphia's had all sorts of problems in that area. Is he anything to worry about? Yeah, Jacoby Stevens is, is, a, is a, he's a football player, man. He's, he's that hybrid that the NFL loves nowadays, um, you know, can, can kind of move him around. I thought, you know, some NFL teams might actually look at moving him, play him a little bit linebacker, kind of that joker role that can kind of roam around back there. But, you know, they, they'll list him as a safety. I, I'll be real curious to see how he translates to, the, translates to the next level. But to get him within the last few picks of the sixth round, I thought was – I mean, I, I, I'm curious to know why he fell. Like, he was a guy during LSU's championship season, they're saying could be second, third rounder at the latest – and uh, ends up falling now. I know LSU's defense was was god-awful this past year, but I, I think Jacoby Stevens is a guy who can play in the NFL and, and will be part of, uh, you know, maybe some good defenses down the road. But as far as the other picks, Devontae Smith, I have major questions about his size. He was a playmaker, man. Don't get me wrong. He made every play for Alabama this year but uh, and, and deserved to be the Heisman Trophy winner. He was one of the best players in, in college football. But translating to the next level – and the Eagles have had a revolving door receiver the last couple of years. They finally get their guy. Can he sustain success and stay on the football field and stay uninjured? I would not be running him on crossing patterns in the NFL. I mean, man, you take a hit from a safety. I just wonder if that body can sustain hits like that blow after blow. So, um, you know, they'll have to find some creative ways to, to get him the ball out in space. But, you know, Jalen Hurts, I'm still not really sold on as an NFL caliber starting quarterback as well i mean he's going to be the guy it's going to be his job but you know are we talking about the end of this year that the the eagles are hitting the reset button on the quarterback spot and the giants are hitting the reset button on the quarterback spot so uh we could certainly find our way there and then landon dickerson yeah good value but can this guy stay healthy obviously coming off of the, the major injury in alabama was able to come back pretty quick from it from you know a ligament damage in his right knee and then they, you know, they throw him in there in the, the last play of the, the the championship game against Ohio State. But 
Um, yeah, good, good value. I don't know if we'll be talking about him in the same category as Kelsey years from now, though. But uh, as far as the, this division goes, man, I, I think the I think Washington is in a fantastic spot and really could be the cream of the crop when it's all said and done. Uh, that's what we want to hear. That's what our listeners definitely want to hear, Chris. And last question for me, uh, two SEC quarterbacks in the news recently, and you know they're not really going to directly impact Washington, but I think it's one, it's quarterbacks, and everybody always wants to talk quarterbacks, and I think it's just interesting news and headlines, so I want to get your thoughts while we have you on the air here. Uh, Mac Jones lands with the New England Patriots. Thoughts on that? Thoughts on the fit there? Thoughts on his future as an NFL quarterback? And then Tim Tebow back in the NFL and I don't know if you were covering the SEC when he was at Florida but he's a Florida guy so I got to draw the connection there what do you think of of Tim Tebow heading back to Jacksonville as a tight end under his former coach Urban Meyer yeah so let me start with Mac Jones I was just not a fan of of Mac Jones I mean look he he did what he needed to do this year and I, I still don't put it people were saying he was better than Tua and I'm going okay let's let's pump the brakes here he played behind five five-star offensive linemen. He played with elite-level receivers. Jalen Waddle and Devontae Smith both, both go in the top ten in the NFL. Like, he had elite talent everywhere he went. All he had to do was just put the ball in a vicinity, and those guys went and got it. He was barely ever touched, barely ever faced a pass rush. And I just have major concerns about that at the next level. It's no disrespect to the kid. He was fantastic. Part of a national championship team at Alabama. I just don't think Mac Jones is going to be a perennial starter for years in the NFL. And I could be wrong. He may go out there and prove me, prove me wrong. And then the Tebow thing, man, love the idea, the storyline of the reunion with urban Meyer in, in the state of Florida. That's great. But let's, let's take a step back and realize what it is. It's a camp invite to play a position. He's never played like that's, that's what this is. It's great. It grabs headlines. Tebow gets, gets clicks and everybody's interested in the story. Tebow's not making this roster. Like, if he does, it'll be one of the greatest transitions ever. And I feel like it's a decade late. Like, Sean Payton went to Tim Tebow years ago and said, look, we'd love to bring you into New Orleans. We'd love to use you as a hybrid back, get you in all these different spots. Tim Tebow said, no, thank you. I'm a quarterback. I'm going to keep latching on with the Patriots and the Jets and all these different teams. And you know what Sean Payton did? He went to Taysom Hill, a quarterback from BYU, and said, we're going to use you in that role. Everybody's talking about Tim Tebow could be Taysom Hill. No, Taysom Hill could have been the new Tebow. That's what it was supposed to be. Tim just said, you know, was was too hung up on being a quarterback, and then he went off to do the foot to the baseball thing. But I think his days have passed him. I actually liked him as an analyst on SEC Network. I think he does pretty good on ESPN. That's where he should put his focus right now, not on this chasing a dream as a reunion with Urban Meyer in the NFL as a tight end. Yeah, no doubt about it. Good, strong stuff there. Chris, thank you so much for your time. Chris Gordy has been with us. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Chris Gordy uh, and as well listen to him on Sports Talk 790 down in Houston, co-host of In the Trenches and as well, of course, on the Locked On SEC podcast. Chris, thanks for all your time. Great insight and uh, appreciate you joining us. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate it. All right, once again, thanks to Chris Gordy. Again, you can listen to him on the Locked On SEC podcast. You can follow him on Twitter at Chris Gordy. And if you guys want to get aboard on the show, we have now ways for you to do that besides just Twitter. You can email us, Locked wftpod at gmail.com or you guys can dial in and leave a voicemail message that we'll use on the air 301 615 
3577 uh, so that you have a voice in the show. We very much want to hear from you. 301-615-3577 for David Harrison, uh, for Chris who joined us earlier in the show. Thank you for listening. This is the Locked On Washington Football Team Podcast. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.